0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I took to up Kinajad, the co-founder of Vid.io, a UK-based SaaS startup that provides a simple online video editing platform. I originally interviewed Subba about nine months ago on episode 241, where we talked about how he and his co-founder, Tim, had repeatedly struggled to get their SaaS business off the ground. They weren't able to raise funding, so they had to work contract jobs during the day and on their startup in the evenings and weekends. They made it to the final YC interviews, flew out to the US, but were rejected because they weren't making any money at the time. And a few months later, they were on the brink of shutting down with just one month's runway left. And in episode 241, we talked about how saba and Tim dealt with each failure and found a way to keep going. And at the time, the founders had managed to start generating about 10K in monthly recurring revenue. Recently, I was in touch with Subba and discovered that in the last nine months, They've grown the SaaS business from just over 100K to over $2 million in ARR. So, obviously, I wanted Saba to come back on the show and talk to us about how they've been able to grow their bootstrap business so fast in less than a year. We talk about the importance of building a great product, how to decide on the right features to build, creating a frictionless experience the specific growth tactics that have helped them grow faster, and one critical ingredient that you must have to make everything else work. So I hope you enjoy it. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to sasclub.io slash newsletter and join over 4,000 other SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already using these insights to grow their businesses. Subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today and get the support you need to keep moving forward on your SaaS journey. Sabah,
1: welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, nice to be here again.
0: So, for people who aren't familiar, can you just explain to us uh, a little bit about Veed? What does the product do? Who's it for? What's the main problem you're helping to
1: solve? Sure. So uh, V.io is a simple online video editing platform. The problem that we solve is that video editing traditionally is just super, super hard. Um, you need to use like relatively complex software to get simple things done. You also need to have a pretty powerful laptop to be able to run this software. And the barrier to entry is just incredibly high. And I think what we saw is that a lot more people wanted to edit content and put videos on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube but didn't really have the sort of like technical ability to do it. So that's kind of why we decided to build Veige and our users are anything from, like I said, you know, the Instagrammers, your traditional influencers, to coaches thought leaders, big companies using it for internal uses, external marketing. And I think, you know, when you're building a tool, it can apply to so many, so many people. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at.
0: So the last time we spoke was in March of this year And generally, I think for people who who haven't heard that episode, you'd failed to raise seed funding. And so you you and your co-founder, I can't remember his name. Tim. Tim. Right. So you and Tim had gone back and started taking on contract jobs and you were working evenings and weekends to build out VEED.io. You'd applied to YC. And and it sounded like this was gonna be the big break that you guys had been waiting for. So you you jumped on a plane from London and flew out to San Francisco and you were rejected by YC because you weren't making any money. And then basically you guys were like, Okay, well that's I, I don't think you were even charging, right, at the time?
1: No, we were a free product, yeah. Yeah.
0: So you were like you went back and you were like, Okay, let's let's start charging for the product and things As I recall, you sort of got down to like about a month of runway left around August of 2019. And then when you and I spoke, you would got over that and you, you were doing about 10K in
1: monthly recurring revenue. That's right. Yeah.
0: And then we sort of said, hey, you know, at the end, we said, hey, when you get to doing like a million, we should get you back. And you kind of didn't. Keep your word on that because you grew even more, right? So where are you guys right now?
1: Uh, I think we're at about two point two million annual recurring revenue right now.
0: So in the last eight months, you've gone from ten k MRR to about one hundred and eighty five k. Yeah, this is going to make a fun conversation. Okay,
1: (laughs) when you put it like that, it does sound quite ridiculous.
0: Okay, so for, first of all, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the first interview, uh, you should do that. That was on episode t- 241, where we sort of covered the t- sort of the you know the piece that I just recapped. So let's dig into that because I know you know you and I briefly spoke before we started recording, and there were sort of different aspects of the product that have helped drive growth some different and and approaches and new acquisition channels that you you guys have been working and then you know there was a sort of a covid component to this as well that 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 drove some more growth as well so i want to try and dig into these three areas and sort of deconstruct what you've done how you've been able to grow so fast what's worked what hasn't And yeah, I really, I want to try to get as much out of you as we can. So if anybody's listening to this and saying, you know, I'm I'm kind of in that situation where Sabah and Tim were eight, nine months ago, I'm doing, you know, six figures ARR, and I'm trying to figure out how to get to that first million. Well, I want them to be able to sort of walk away, listening to this feeling, you know, a little bit more inspired about what they're doing, and and hopefully even get some tactical ideas from you that they can go and apply in their own business. Does that sound good?
1: That sounds amazing. I think just quickly add to that it's just like when when i was going through that process thinking about getting from six figures to seven it was podcasts and listening to other founders doing similar things that is kind of what kind of kept me going and got those ideas out so yeah happy to jump in here so let's start with
0: the the product tell me a little bit about like how has the product evolved
1: over the last eight or nine months sure so nothing sort of like massively drastic because like change with the products apart from it's just a lot more built out than it was say like eight, 10 months ago. And what I mean by built out is just like, we're adding like, you know, as we're like a video editing tool, we're just adding more functionality and just making it easier, easier to use. So for example, 10 months ago, you couldn't add more than one video together. Now you can add multiple videos together. And so every time we're adding a new feature, it's kind of expanding the use cases for our users, which means you can do a lot more with the tool and so what we found is by yeah just building more functionality in which the users are requesting we're able to solve more of their problems and if we can solve more of their problems there's other people we can address in you know in in that cohort too the other thing that's kind of been really big for us in terms of growth is reliability and stability of the platform as well so we made a massive initiative about 4 months ago to make sure every single video that gets uploaded gets displayed properly in the browser and also gets rendered. And, you know, that's super important because if you've uploaded a project and you've done some work on it, you then want to go download it and and it throws an error, you're never going to come back and you're actually really annoyed because, you know, you've lost all your work. So, yeah, it's just kind of been doubling down on these sort of things and it's really kind of like helped us kind of become a lot more sticky and a lot more reliable and kind of, you know, develop a bit more as a product.
0: So there wasn't really any any pivot here or you've gone after a new market that you weren't looking at before it's just been more of you know just just executing pretty hard over the last eight months
1: yeah pretty much i mean i think the other way to look at it is just like you know we solved back then we solved a problem we kind of did it on a right job of it and we kind of only solved a part of that problem for the user and we've just been kind of like building that offering out and just thinking about what more can we do in this space that like really kind of complements it so we could have obviously stopped at just like a few light tools in the browser but we were just like actually let's kind of like build out a really fully fledged editing product here but let's also retain that simplicity and ease of use right
0: so i know that you you told me that there have been some new features that you've added to the product that's that's helped to attract new, more customers or or help you grow faster. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like maybe if there's, you know, one or two examples we can talk about. What I want to try to understand is how did you figure out of all the things that you could possibly do, what were the features that made the most sense for you guys to go and build and how did you, you know, did you go out and, and get feedback from customers? Was this just part of the vision that you guys have already had in terms of what the tool that you always wanted to be able to use? Like what what, what has been the thought process to figure out? Because, you know, anybody listening to this could be having a long list of potential features that they think, you know, are going to make their product better. It doesn't mean it's going to help them to get to their first million dollars in the next 12 months.
1: Yeah. So good. That's a really good question. So like we use a combination of lot lot like customer feedback so like reaching out on chat we're kind of like constantly noting down what people are asking for and putting a score against it and then um, able to kind of like rank them that way we also use another product called upvotee which lets our users sort of like rank they submit their feature requests and people can upvote it and downvote it a bit like um, reddit and they also log the bugs there as well and then also, I have an email sequence that goes out, kind of personally from me, where I kind of ask them to tell me, you know, why did they choose Vid and what could we do to make it better. So it's a combination of that. And then so that's the sort of like inbound stuff. And then from our point of view, we um, we've been using the keyword research tool called Ahrefs, and then we we're trawling through all video-related search kind of questions. And then we start looking into like, what does this mean? Can we address it? Can Does it work in our product? And is it something that we should build? So completely, for example, we noticed that, uh, I, I think I said last time in, our, in the last episode, that subtitling is a, is a really big use case for us. And we found that there are thousands upon thousands of people looking to convert subtitle files, right? So from SRT to VTT. And there's a chance that a portion of them also need to add subtitles to a video as well right? is just converting it. So we build out also sort of like, ex, not external tools, but like, you know, complementary tools that segue into our product, right? So another example of this would be our screen recorder and our webcam recorder. So I think webcam recorder, I, I think it m- might get about a hundred thousand searches a month, but how many people record a video with their webcam then want to edit it? And, you know, we'd argue that a good percentage of them do. So then we're like, okay, well, let's build out that, functionality, not as part of the core product, but on that video we could have an edit button once they're finished recording and then they can jump into the product. So we're just finding more ways to get people interviewed through different avenues.
0: Okay. So it's a combination of basically feature requests, bit of sort of qualitative feedback in terms of when people sign up, some of the ideas that you guys already have, and then you're also going out and using, you know, data from things like hrefs to figure out you know what what are people searching for exactly so how many of these sort of standalone products you do you have like the webcam recorder and and why are they why did you decide to do them as separate products instead of just kind of maybe just beefing up the free plan on Veed
1: and providing it that way sure so i mean when i they say they're separate products they live on the veed domain so we have ved forward slash subtitle tools, which is like a repository of all our subtitle tools. So we've got a subtitle editor, a converter. Uh, we also have a video compressor. That's a really big keyword term, actually. And, you know, we did a bunch of research on video compressor, and we we found that the majority of the people want to compress videos so they can edit them easier. So that's a great one for us. Uh, and also the webcam recorder and the screen recorder. We've stopped there for now. Yeah, we, we stopped there, but I think we, we will keep going once we find more that we want to start working on. All
0: right, that makes sense. So I'm just looking at v.io slash webcam-recorder. Yeah. And so it's still part of the V product, if you like, but obviously it's optimized if anybody's searching for webcam recorder. Yeah. And like I can, and then I, Kind of like at the, you know, you've just got a button at the bottom which just says start recording. I can start do I don't even have to sign up for this, do I?
1: No, you don't have to sign up, no. And you can and you you can download the video and, and go away. So like we're offering like all the value up front. If you want to edit it, you then come into come into the editor and you don't even have to sign up for the editor and you can download it with a watermark on. So it's super low friction, super high volume. It's like it's that kind of idea, you and, know? And
0: what's the thinking behind taking that approach, both in terms of you know, not asking people to sign up, just let people use it. And, you know, again, it, it's sort of like, I could quite easily see this, like, you could still have that webcam recorder page. And, and it could be like, yeah, I mean, there's a sign up button, and you get a free trial, and, and you're in, and you get access not just to the webcam recorder, but everything else. So what's just tell me a little bit about like the thought process and why you took this approach.
1: Yeah, I think like I think everyone has so many accounts and gets so many emails about products and stuff that they've used once. And I think like what we always want to do is provide as much value up front. And then if they really wanted to know more about us or like we'll create an account and you know start using the product more regularly, I think they will make an account. But as long as we can get people into the product super, super quickly and we can show them the value, I think there's a good chance they're gonna stick around. And then also like from an SEO perspective as well like Google's looking at bounce rates and that's like a big indicator to, you know, how, how they're going to rank the their pages. And so if someone comes to our site and then they can just click a button and start recording their video, that's great. Cause Google's like, cool, they're interacting with the product. So they're staying there. They're not bouncing. There's a you know good session duration here. We should put that rank a bit higher. And then if you contrast that against like a product where maybe you have to sign up, you go to the page it looks like it's trying to sell me because it's got to sign me up to an account. I've got to click terms and conditions and there's a pricing button up there. And that's kind of scary too. And you know what? I just really want to just record my camera for like two minutes for a, for an interview. So, you know, they're going to bounce or a portion of them will. So yeah, that's the kind of way that we're thinking about it. And it's also the same with the main VED product as well. You can go in and edit videos without an account. You do get a watermark and we're completely cool with that. I think, you know, we we just want to make it easy for people to edit videos.
0: So one of the challenges with having any kind of freemium model is that you're going to end up with a huge volume of people who are never going to pay. And You know, if that's part of your business model and and you know that a certain percentage will convert and start paying, that's fine. But there's a tax that comes along with that in terms of whether it's the support or the infrastructure that you have to build to be able to support that volume of people. And I'm guessing with a web-based video editing tool, that hit is probably higher. So how much of a challenge is that for you guys?
1: The hit isn't as bad as as you think it is obviously bigger than you know your standard saas application I'd, I'd imagine but it's never been a problem so we were very lucky we kind of like we we got like $2000 in credits for for google when when we started and the deal is if you run out quick enough they'll give you 10,000 and if you run out of those quick enough you get 100,000 so a massive part of our bootstrapping journey was actually support from google <laughs> And that got us a really long way and got us kind of off the ground, actually. So, yeah, that's been a massive help. But I think, you know, that we talk about this tax that we have to pay to allow that with freemium. But there's also a massive benefit as well. And there's so many people that, like, talk about us and make videos about us on YouTube. as this great free tool that you should check out. You don't get that with all paid products, right? So that's also been a massive driver of growth and it just keeps people talking about us.
0: So over the last eight, nine months, what have been the main features that you've added to the product that you believe have helped drive that growth?
1: I wouldn't attribute it to a feature. I'd I'd put it down to experience. So just like things kind of just feel like they work a lot better. And I think, you know, experience is just such an important thing when it comes to like, you know, user experience, like the way that things are laid out, the way that, you know, you interact with it at buttons where they should be. We've put a lot of time into thinking about that sort of stuff and constantly, you know, refactoring it. And so this week we just spent all Monday just speaking with users and getting feedback on new features. And it's just a really good way to kind of like solve problems before they kind of, you know hit production. I think the problem that you can have is that obviously your software works amazing to you because you designed it. But if you give it to your mom or someone, you know, who's not so familiar, you can quite easily just see where the issues are. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's been a really big thing for us.
0: Is there an example you could give me of how you've improved the experience, like a sort of part of the product, you know, how it didn't work that well let's mm-hmm. say nine months ago and how that's different today. I want people just to kind of really kind of get
1: the idea of what you mean by a better experience. Sure. So one that kind of like stands out a lot is trimming a video with us. So in fact, now I've got an even better one to me, as anyway. So the filtering, filtering a video, right? So what kind of happens now is you need to select the video that you want to add your filters to right and then once you select the video you want to navigate uh, add your filters to you go to the filter tab and then you add your filter and i think you know that represents probably a good thousand people a day coming to veed but none of them could work out how to do it so then what we did was we did like a, like um, eight interviews with different users and kind of said, can you add a filter to the to the video, please? And then from what we could observe, they were looking in the left sidebar. They were like, okay, text, subtitles, shapes, like filters should be here. Like they're expecting to see it there. And then because they expected to see it there, we should put it there. So then we move it to there. But there's, you know, there's a few technical things that we have to think about, which is just like, well, it doesn't work like that in all other software. And, the, you know, we are breaking convention here. But actually, we can we can make it work, and that's how they expect it to work. So that's how it should work, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it goes back to what you said a little earlier. It's like when it's your own product, everything seems obvious, right? Until you see somebody
1: else using it. Yeah, it's actually painful watching it. You know, it was really hard, like watching. Yeah, watching people on Monday, it's just. Like you kind of want to shout at the screen, like no, the button's just to the left, but like it's not the problem; it's your problem. You're the one who's in the, you know, you, you're the one who needs to fix this. You know,
0: yeah. Are you an entrepreneur looking to buy a profitable online business or a founder ready to sell? Bupos is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses with their exclusive listings as well as listings from other marketplaces and the option to submit your own deal for approval. Bupos has you covered. Plus, they're the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers of recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding without personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash BUPOS. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to start your entrepreneurial journey or sell your business at the right valuation with BUPOS.com. Okay, great. So we talked a little bit about SEO and and sort of the webcam recorder page was like I think a good example of that where you know there's a particular use case you identify people are trying to solve and then you've focused on on some SEO creating a page optimized for that keyword and then also you've made it kind of very low friction in terms of actually using the product and that's a really good point because a lot of times people don't pay as much attention to the bounce rate. And if people are coming to your site and then leaving, you know, pretty much right away, that's not going to help your rankings. No matter how much time you're spending, you know, trying to optimize the keywords or get backlinks or whatever. Oh, by the way, did you do anything in terms of like trying to build backlinks for this, getting the word out? Like what did you do apart from sort of the on-page optimization to get the pages to rank well?
1: Yeah, so the first thing is that we do like internal routing of the site. So if there's a page we really want to rank, we'll add it to our footer or the header because that kind of has like, it's first of all, it's on every single page. um, So that's a nice internal link going to every page. We do our classic uh, product hunt, hacker news launches, which are great because that drives that initial flow of users to it, and Google's like, oh, hang on, there's something over there, you know, and then uh, and then on the back of that, you you get a bit of social action as well. People kind of tweet about it, and then you uh, get maybe get a couple of blog posts, and often enough, that's like and you know that's that's enough to kind of get the ball rolling realistically though seo does take i mean we find when we put a page up it can take it can take anywhere between 3 to 6 months to start ranking and you know even even then like can it can even take longer so it is a long term play but it's one that's worked off like paid off pretty well for us
0: the other thing you've done is you've invested in a youtube channel yeah. and you've got a guy now on the team who's just producing a video every day and how is that working in terms of driving New signups,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So Alec, shout out to Alec. He's incredible. He, what? Yeah, he's just been making one video every single day since he joined us about eight months ago, around the time that we first spoke. And you know, YouTube is a slow burner. Like, you make your first couple of videos, you get one or two views, and you're kind of a bit like, "Well, this doesn't work," and we're we're off to the next thing. And it was like that for quite a period of time. And I remember when we used to be like, "Oh my god, we got hundred views on a video. That's really cool." But we kind of just wanted to invest in it because we you know, we know that YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. It's visual and unlike normal search, you can use that video as a way to guide people through the product and show them exactly how it works. So it's a really good acquisition strategy. We, like right now, I think we have like 7,000 subscribers on our YouTube and every 48 hours, we're getting over 20,000 views on our videos. And that's incredibly powerful. If you've got 20,000 people every 48 hours, you know, basically viewing a mini ad about your product it's not even an ad it's just a helpful resource that's yeah that that's worked super well and, and now it's accounting for about 10 percent of new paid users to the platform so yeah it's been really successful and alec has just been incredible just chipping away at it
0: so what content does alec create like how does he figure out what he should create videos about
1: Sure. So we're kind of always experimenting and it's always a little bit different depending on the time. So like as we're coming up to Christmas, maybe it'll be a really good time to make, um, you know, office Christmas, vi- how to make an office Christmas video. Right. And like in the simplest way of SEO, you're kind of just trying to answer the Internet's questions. So we're just trying to do that from as many different angles as possible and in the best sort of quality as possible. So, yeah, it's quite a simple one, really. It's not like we're making really fun, you know, vlog-style videos and stuff like that. It's just really kind of like basic tutorials. And I think Webflow does a really good job of this as well. Their their tutorial videos are incredible.
0: And then, obviously, when you're answering the question, you're answering the question by showing them how they can solve that problem using your product.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, like, you know, take this, like, podcast recording tool using at the moment. It would just be like how to record a podcast remotely. And then another one would be like how to have multiple guests on a Podcasts, you know what I mean? Or like how to record a podcast with video. You're kind of picking apart all the features or even just like how to record with a podcast mic. It's like anything that's adjacent and you're just kind of providing as much value. Like I was saying earlier with the tools, like we just try and provide as much value up front and show them how to do it with our products. And it's completely free and there's, we're not taking anything from them. And if they like it, they can upgrade. That's that's great for us. But if not, it's we're, we're still happy.
0: You know, I noticed on your footer, you have a link which says videos like gary v yeah and that takes you to a page which shows you using V how to create videos like gary vaynerchuk does yeah how how is that ranking because you you guys are showing up like number one for that i don't know is is that does that drive a bunch of traffic or is that kind of not yeah
1: yeah massively it's not even a super i remember when i wrote that actually and i can't tell you about looking but yeah it does drive really good traffic. And it's really well qualified as well, right? So like if people want to make videos like Gary Vee, they'll probably want to talk about work stuff. And we found when people want to do, you know, video editing related to work, then it's quite a high motivation for them to like become a customer of ours or to just use the product regularly, you know?
0: And then when you're sort of thinking about creating these type of pages and optimizing for SEO, is there some sort of criteria you use to sort of figure out where to invest That time and effort. Because I think that the fear I think often is, I'm not going to rank for this page. I'm going to put a bunch of work in. Maybe there's some more lower competition keywords I could go after, but then they're not going to drive that much traffic. So it's kind of like just either you can be like, okay, I'm going to do SEO and I'm just going to keep churning out as consistently as I can and and do the best job I can to answer these types of questions that I think people are searching for or you're like okay I'm kind of you know putting a little bit of content out there or with you guys it sort of feels like that I don't know how much how much sort of SEO type content you've created specifically but it seems like you've you've sort of picked a few kind of important ones like the webcam recorder and and put more effort around that but again what's the process you go there to sort of figure out where to invest your time and money
1: mm, you know i think that's something that we're actually kind of trying to learn ourselves at the moment so like and sometimes you don't really know until after you've done it so there is an element of experimentation of trying you know we we do have like a bit of a profile of the kind of uh, like the vid user and we kind of think about who they are to some extent but i mean the thing that i would say to people about like not rank like i could make a page that doesn't rank like they don't rank like they they don't rank for months but you know if you've ma- actually made something decent on this page and you know there is a good chance that it will and and also like we go over after like long-term keywords. So if you Googled like webcam recorder, we're not going to show up in the top results. But if you Google something like online webcam recorder, then we're like fourth and it's still not great. But I think we've you know, we we've got a shot at climbing the ranks because we've got hold of that little foothold. So I think if people are looking up at going after you know keywords that are competitive, just go for that long tail and just be happy to wait it out. And it does happen. Uh, It just takes a bit of time.
0: What about COVID and and what sort of role do you think that's played in driving this growth since we last spoke?
1: Yeah. So when I remember when COVID, yeah, when COVID first started, two things happened. I was looking at churn and I was like, oh no, (laughs) like um, people are just like, oh, I'm saving money. I don't need this anymore. And I was like, okay, like this, this is like growth is going to massively slow down. We're going to flatline for the whole of this. And then a couple of days later, traffic started going up and sales started going up. I was like, what's going on? And I started reaching out to people. And I was like, you know, just like, just hi, basically what I normally do, um, what are you using it for? And I remember I was speaking to a personal trainer from Ireland and he was like, yeah, well, I can't work out in the gym anymore. So I might as well just use this as a time to build up my online audience. So I was like, oh, okay. And then, so, you know, bit by bit, we kind of started thinking, actually we're kind of benefiting from this, uh, in some very strange way. And, So something before COVID was like very few people were editing Zoom videos and recording conferences online, and then so once people started doing that, they need to also edit them. So yeah, we did have some, we did have like a you know more people coming to the platform, and then we you know then coming back to the content piece, we started making videos on YouTube like how to edit a Zoom video and how to add subtitles to a Zoom video, how to add text and all of this sort of stuff. And they started becoming really good acquisition channels for us. And they are starting to die off now, but I think it's all about finding what the next opportunities are. So yeah, I mean, just to summarize, like we definitely did see a, a small bump. When I say small, like a, you know, a 10%, I think a 10% bump at the start of COVID. And then it started flatting off after the you know, after the first couple of months, it's kind of like everyone, for example, like a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm going to get fit during, during, uh, you know, lockdown, or I'm going to learn how to play piano. And they'll spend the first two weeks just hammering out and then they get a bit bored, you know, not sticking to their habits. So, um, yeah, it's, but it has been a really interesting time for us and we've learned a lot and got our heads down and just, um, and, and yeah, looking forward now.
0: Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the The guitar I've got kind of next to me, which I bought like eight years ago, and I'm still waiting to learn my first three
1: chords. It looks good though, right? (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) As long as it looks good.
0: How big was the team at the start of the year? And then what's the size of the team right now?
1: So I think at the start of this year, uh, I think we're like six, maybe five, six. And now we're about, I think we're 30 in total. Wow.
0: How has that impacted
1: your role? It's probably been the hardest thing for me because, I mean, all of those people who have joined our team are incredible and I've, I've hired all of them. So that's a lot of time I've sat in interviews, but also I've kind of like fired myself from what I was doing many time over and, and changing, you know, changing jobs every three months and learning new skills is, is has been really, really, really hard. You know, I don't do anything that I used to do like design work or coding and that's kind of really sad and i really miss it and yeah it's just been it's just been quite a tough thing to kind of like get your get your head around a bit but also i think it's like a necessary evil because you know by by getting other people to you know help out and like you know delegate more you can kind of like take a bit more step back and think about the company and you know you're always kind of hiring people that are smarter and better than you anyway so um you know you're you're in safe hands right but I think, you know, you do have to step back sometimes and, and you know, and kind of let it grow, basically. And, and, and that's like a really important part of building a company.
0: One thing you said to me earlier when we were chatting before we recorded, you said that it feels like I'm changing my job every three months. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, I think like... I mean, it's not even just changing job, it's just changing job and changing industry, right? So, you know, right at the start, it was like I was designing and coding and then I was project managing and then I was marketing and then I was recruiting. And then there's such kind there are actually like really big shifts in like the way that you kind of work and you kind of almost feel like you, you don't have the same output or value output as you used to. And yeah, it, it, it might not sound challenging, but like it's been for me like learning these new things and just trying to like apply myself and educate myself has actually just been like incredibly like, yeah, it's just been quite like a lot to kind of like take on. But yeah, you just kind of keep going and, and get on with it really. I think the other thing that's interesting is like, I think my comfort zone is definitely like headphones on, good playlists, you know, designing something. But like, I think... And uh, same for development as well. Like you could be developing something and it's just like a really nice flow state and, you know, that's what you want to do. But actually, like if you stand, you know, you need to take a step back from the things that you enjoy and find really easy to like actually like, you know, try and build the company and kind of put your attention in other places that you might not want to, but is actually incredibly necessary.
0: Yeah, it's it's, um, it's a tough transition to make. And especially, I think, one, you're, you're sort of going from being you know hands-on in terms of you know design and development to more and more hands-off where you're really relying on other people and then also it's this whole idea of not being able to spend time doing the things that you know as you said get you in that flow state yeah but i guess that's that's kind of comes with the territory of being a ceo right in terms of growing and and uh evolving as the company does
1: yeah exactly and i think for a lot of people on the team as well like the jobs have also changed a lot and you know they're taking on new responsibilities and and i think you know when you're in a growing company like things change super super quickly and you know as we said it was just early this year there was six of us now we've just made like a hr hire which is like completely new to me i don't even like it's just a very very new world to me and stuff that i've got to learn about because if not i'm not very qualified to hire for it but it's also like super positive, right? Because, um, you know, we're, we're allowing the company to grow. We're kind of like feeding it. And like, it's also what the staff are asking for as well. Like they kind of want to, everyone kind of wants to grow, you know,
0: we're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but I want to talk about one sort of last ingredient that I think has, has played a big role in, in helping you guys to continue to grow. So we talked about the product and how you've been thinking about different ways to evolve that. We talked about some of the acquisition channels, like how you're using SEO and content marketing and specifically YouTube as a way to acquire new customers. And we talked about, you know, some growth that you've also seen due to, you know, the whole COVID thing and people going online a bit more. But I think that the final or the missing ingredient that we haven't talked about is it's kind of more mindset related, and and I think the way that you guys have sort of thought about just how much you want to sort of drive and you know continue to evolve and 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 sort of the rate the the rate that you're doing that at. So tell me a little bit about that. I think that I think the the term you used was like having the right attitude.
1: Yeah, completely. We have always been really hungry is not the right word, but like, we've been like super motivated. We've just wanted to go really fast. We didn't want it to go slow. And at the start, it was kind of a little bit like, you know, from our last episode, it was just like kind of fighting for survival. And like, we were just like kind of swimming really fast against the tide to get us out. But then once the tide started to turn, we were still swimming really fast and and things started going really quickly. And we never wanted that to slow down. And it's always been something I've been really conscious about. It's just like we can never really, we we can't slow down. We have to keep moving incredibly fast. And I, again, like we're just speaking earlier about how roles change. I think actually just taking a step back from the day-to-day sort of like designing and development has allowed me to just kind of be like, okay, well, that's actually not so important. That's where we should be spending our time. And I think, you know, we the way that I kind of like to think about it is like, you know, there's a rocket taking off and it's going into orbit and you want to get it moving really quickly and get your trajectory right. So it just, you know, goes off in its own direction. So I feel like we've built up some really good momentum and we're just not letting that momentum slow down. We're just keeping the, you know, keeping the energy really high. And we kind of like, we just, we kind of just jump into things and like you know, for ex- the screen recorder, which we spoke about a couple of times in the webcam recorder, there was very little thought put in that a new engineer joined then and we were like, um, hey, Ben, can you make us a screen recorder? Um, just try and get it wrapped up this week. we will get it on product hunt next week. Like, that's literally how it works. Like, he designed it himself. He built it himself. And I think he put it on product hunt himself. Right. So that's just like, you know, and then it's been it's been really good for us. And you know, now that we can see there's something working there, we'll go back in and we'll look at it a bit better and we'll invest more time in it and, you know, make it a a better product. Everything that we ship at any point is an MVP. And if it kind of slightly works all right, then it's probably, you know, we've put a bit more time into it. So, um, yeah, we kind of just throw ourselves into things and so far it's worked quite well, but also, you know, you do, you do get failures when you, when you do that sort of stuff too, but it's, it's, it's part of the package, right?
0: So it's kind of like a ready, fire, aim type approach.
1: Oh, massively. Oh, massively. I mean, like VCs play the game where they invest in, you know, X amount of companies hoping one pays off, right? We do exactly the same thing with products. Like we're just always trying different things and a bunch of them always fail, um, but we don't let it get us down. We just keep building the next one. It's just, you know, don't put too much work. Like, you know, you might have this new feature that you think is going to really take off, but... It, you know and it's going to take you three months to build well actually just put the button there and put a click handle on it and cl- see how many people actually click it right um, you know it's those sort of things that you kind of need to do to really kind of understand you know do people want it and there's and you know we were talking about landing pages early in seo something we used to we did back like early on was we'd make landing pages for parts of the product that didn't yet exist to see if people will actually click on them and then like, okay, we're getting 20 people clicking on this page a day. We be- we better build that piece of functionality, right? So, you know, it's always lots of, it's, it's it's a lot of shots that we're taking, a lot of failures, but there's always a few things that stand out that, that work, you know?
0: How do you decide what to focus on? if If you've got so many possible things you could be doing and you're just jumping into them like you described with Ben coming on board and, and just, you know, get to work on that, there's there's also the danger you just end up with a long list of possible things you could be doing and
1: and like how do you decide and what are not doing the things that you should be doing yeah no completely no. yeah hundred percent so I mean you know with so for that example I use of Ben it's just like he's a you know he's an engineer he's joined us he doesn't know the code base this is a really good opportunity to get something like that done right so he hasn't got other responsibilities in the code it's a one week project max let's just get going. I mean, I think obviously take all of that with a pinch of salt. I mean, everything that we've done so far in terms of these sort of like ideas and little side projects that feed into the product, you know, they are relatively heavily related, you know. So I think make sure it's relevant and make sure there's a good chance that that's, that's, you know, going to add value to your products in general. And the other thing I think is, Yeah. I mean, also like more ideas are better than no ideas. So like, you know, we like to brainstorm 10, 20 ideas and pick out the one or two that we think might, you know, that has the best promise. And if we don't have an idea that we think has promise, we're not going to do it, you know? So yeah, I mean, to be fair, we're also doing it less now, I think, but I kind of don't want to lose it either. So maybe you'll see something else going product hunt in the next couple of weeks.
0: (laughs) Has that ever been an issue with existing customers where I, you know, like I think you talked about this earlier where, You change the product and that creates some kind of issue, either a bug or a stability issue, which just kind of undermines confidence that people might have in the product.
1: Yeah, so 100%. And we got really hot on this, I think about three months ago. We had like an all-team call, and it was the title of the call was like "We're getting bigger," and the and the takeaway from the from the call was like we need to focus everything on stability right now, because you know when you're moving super fast, you're adding features really really quickly, your code starts getting you know, really quite messy and it needs refactoring a lot. And that's, and that's st- and you know, in early days you need to go that quickly to, to survive. But then you kind of get to the point where you're like, okay, we're we, you know, we're past 1 million in re- annual recurring revenue. We, you know, we're getting, we're getting a good paycheck. We're not going to, we're not going to die tomorrow. Right. So when you kind of get to that stage, you're like, okay, let's start, let's take a step back and start fixing some of these problems that, you know, that, that we've accumulated. And I think, you know, there's always going to be a certain amount of technical debt that you have to deal with when you're building software and it's just always now managing that balance so yeah i'd like to think our days of things always breaking is falling over uh it, that we're not doing that anymore but just before this call we were deploying something and something broke and everyone <laughs> on the chat was going crazy but it's just i, I hate to, like no i mean that didn't happen that definitely didn't happen but like <laughs> you know it, it does happen unfortunately
0: all right let's uh wrap up and uh we're going to do the lightning round again so um, oh god. If you if you want just 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 give me the same answers again. Okay. Okay. All right. Um what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received?
1: Um oh, I should have really prepared for this. Best bit, double the pricing. Double the prices. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? I think not sure if I did Shoe Dog last time, but I really love Shoe Dog just because of escapism and just it shows you how long it takes to build a business. Years.
0: What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder?
1: just grit, just, just keep going. That kind of, like, I'm just going to knock this wall down sort of thing.
0: What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit?
1: Calendly is great, isn't it? Oh, the Mac, the Mac calendar actually is just way better than Google's. I'd recommend everyone use that.
0: (laughs) What's a new or crazy business idea you'd love to pursue if you had the extra time?
1: maybe make a pizza pizza like a no burrito a burrito truck would be great i love burritos and that means i get to eat one a day that would be great
0: oh what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know
1: uh i remember what i did last time actually now you've said that fun fact about me Um oh, i'm looking around the room trying to get something to spare an idea oh you've got me here uh i just okay i had a, a mid-life lockdown crisis and bought a 20 year old camper van and then um drove around in that working for two and a half weeks there you go
0: <laughs> see you might not have said that if you thought about your answer <laughs> like...
1: well i just looked out the window and i saw it and i was like oh yeah there's that mistake that i haven't driven around in two and a half months that's getting a bit rusty
0: and finally what's one of your most important passions outside of your work
1: um i think i said snowboarding last time so i think i'm gonna have to go snowboarding again because that season's coming around isn't it Great. Well, thank you so much for uh, making the time
0: to come back and uh, update us on what's happened since we last sat down and and talked earlier this year. Uh, If people want to check out the product, they can go to veed.io. That's V-E-E-D dot I-O. And if folks want to get in touch with you, I know LinkedIn is the best way. So we'll include a link to your profile in the show notes. And, uh, thanks again. And I wish you and the team the best of success. Are you still wrestling with rigid spreadsheets that slow down your team? you've been missing that's the